Hello. Hi. <laughs> so what are we talking about? What I mean, what do we watch? Probably the movie I'm going to have the biggest bias in favor for the in the biggest? whole bracket. More than Mulan? Yes, more, more than Mulan. More than Mulan? Did I have a bias for Mulan? Yeah, you kept saying that you had a bias. I did? Yes. Who knew? You even abstained from one category because you, you were worried about your bias. Huh. <laughs> okay, so we'll keep that in mind as you're going through this. Oh, it's a similar bias. And realize too. that... What? Wasn't it? I don't know if there's a similar... What do you mean there's a similar bias? What's the difference between biases? Hey, but... Oh, you know where that we're recording now, so now you want to come out. <laughs> No, similar, at least part for this, the Mulan bias carries over to this bias as well. Okay, so it's just categorically similar? Yeah. You're saying, okay, whatever. Yeah, but this one carries even more for other reasons. Whatever, so we watched The Lion King, and you did your clicking thing. Uh Uh-huh. Which I had to leave in on the last one that I was editing, because you did it, like, in a row while I was talking, (laughs) so I had to leave it in. Uh, Anyway... But yeah, Lion King, and it started out with the whole, I mean, yeah, everybody's heard that, everybody knows what that is, super recognizable, memorable. No voiceover? No voice, no talking whatsoever, 100% visual storytelling all the way up to the, you know, the, The yeah, the titles. And you know exactly what's happening. Yep, know exactly what's happening. You don't have to, and I mean, it sets the tone for everything. It says, you know, look at all these animals, they respect this family enough that they're going to come and pay their respects to the new baby being born. Even though some of them will be eaten by... Correct. (laughs) Yeah, so that's... Like, I even looked for wildebeest and zebras, because I was like, they come too, and they did. (laughs) Yeah, they sure did. The only problem I had with this opening sequence was that I thought it went a little overdramatic. And that happens in a couple of places in this movie. Yeah, because it was like he was lifting, Rafiki's lifting up Simba, you know, doing the thing that everybody's seen. And uh-huh. I loved, there were like three cuts when he was lifting him up. Mm-hmm. And that was so perfect. Like from filmmaking perspective, it really emphasized that moment and it looked great. But it was, he had him up and then it goes into, oh, parting in the clouds and the lights coming down and shining on him. And I'm like, come, okay, that's a little much. And then everybody's bowing as a, like, come on, God, that is just a little over dramatic. Nah. We're watching a Disney movie right now. It's not. Nah. <laughs> it's not Apocalypse Now. Nah. It's not like it so soft right. or whatever. I was like, come on. But then it goes to the title sequence, and then it's like that whole little package thing is pretty awesome. It's pretty amazing, and, and all the colors and and all that stuff it just look good. Yeah, and I, I and I know that you mentioned it, you realized at the end that it was Hans Zimmer doing the music, but I feel like this Disney movie throws back to where the music is telling the story again. Yeah, like, it, it does a yeah. It, later it'll come up too. But yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but I mean, like just the title scene, you get that bam with the music, abrupt stop to the music and the title. I mean, just that just kind of sets the whole movie. Right, and I wish all of them did that. Yeah, I really do. <laughs> yeah, so we get past the title sequence, and then it's just. Do so we talk to Scar after that? No, it's. Um, yeah. Because I don't remember yeah. exactly, like right after the title, I don't remember what happens. It, is, do we go to Scar and we find out what's going on with him? Because this, this part of it kind of gets mixed, like it's kind of muddled to me. Yeah, I I, th- I think that, no, because it's, dad, 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 wake up, dad, dad. Oh, it goes right into that? Yeah. Okay. And so it's Simba yelling at his yes, Mufasa. Yes, right. And then, so this part, there is exposition. There's Yeah, there's straight exposition talk. Yeah. But... Part of it I, I give it credit for because it's a child and you have to explain it to it. It's not like, yes, it's not like that there are two adults having a conversation about things that they both should already know. 
to tell so that the audience hears it. I gave it a 100% pass for any exposition that was being told to Simba. Right. Uh, I think it's it's clear on that storytelling wise. Yeah, I right. think it's perfectly fine. The part that I have exposition talk problems with is when he talks to Scar. Yeah. When they're talking and Scar's like, oh, I would have been king if not for the little brat or whatever. Yeah. That's pure lazy exposition talk, uh, you know. But it had some awesome puns. So. <laughs> there were puns all throughout. I wish, maybe we should like test the density of puns in movies and try yeah. to gauge your liking of the movie by how many puns are in it. It's probably a really high <laughs> correlation. Because there are tons of puns. And uh, one of them, I remember one, it was, who's the bird? What's the bird's Zazu. name? Zazu. Yeah, Zazu, he says, <laughs> cheetahs never, never prosper. prosper. Yeah, he's and talking it, about I, I tried to tell the elephants to forget, but it, but they can't. And then I, I love that whole morning report because it is just pun after pun. Yeah, after I bet you pun. do. But beyond that, oh, there's one important thing: is Rafiki. Uh, so first, Zazu comes up to to Mufasa and does his bow. Mm-hmm. Um, then Rafiki comes up, and it seems like Mufasa is acting a little formally, but then Rafiki hugs him. Yeah. So that's important. That's character. You know, mm-hmm. it's something that's established early on. I appreciate that. Yeah. But yeah. So what happens after this? So that. After the kid, after um, yes. Simba's talking, right? Yeah, so that they're they go up and they show him all of what Pride Lands right. and says, except for that shadowy place, you can't go over there. Then he goes to Scar. Okay, and that's when they have the conversation, the exposition. No, conversation. it had to have been Scar before this. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. All right, whatever. However yeah. that happens, but he talks to Scar. He talks to uh, yeah. he shows Simba because his kingdom. He goes to Scar the same day as the celebration right because we so robbie and i didn't see you today at simba's thing, right okay so. and so they go through that and we, we can tell scar it's established that scars uh, you know he he wants to be king but uh he's too yeah. weak right it's jeremy Irons doing the voice as you pointed out and jeremy Irons is freaking amazing so that's great yeah yeah. So yeah, so they have their whole confrontation and Scar threatens Mufasa and points out that he has the lion's share of the brain and then <laughs> Mufasa has the strength. And then Zazu says he'll make a nice throw rug, in which case we know that later he does become a throw rug in Hercules. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. You looked it up. That's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. So there's our confirmation at the end, by the way. So then we get to the dad dad and all the pride lands and then there out taking a walk and Zazu shows up for the morning report and that's where all the morning was and then Simba gets a pouncing lesson right so they pounce yeah mm-hmm. and then because Zazu's knocked down the gopher comes out of the ground and says Zazu and he tells the, the then he has to tell Mufasa hyenas in the pride lands hyenas in the pride lands yeah okay. and Mufasa takes off tells Zazu to take Simba home alright so Mufasa's just doing his regular business taking care of the kingdom right uh, and that's part of it and then so Simba's mad because he he doesn't get to go along you know he wants to grow up too fast and that's one of the things about Simba is that he mostly just has generic characteristics uh, you know it's just generic I'm a kid what does a kid do and yeah. obviously a kid's gonna be test the uh, you know limits and um, want to be bigger than they are and, and all that sort of stuff so he kind of he fits in that mold a little too much and you know not listen to his parents <laughs> you yeah. know it's like that's a straightforward kid thing to do especially as a protagonist yeah 
the, yes, I was the same. So well, no, because I I had similar thoughts to yeah. that, and I thought, but then I thought the way that Scar interacts with him in the next scene totally plays into that kid thing. Well, yeah, but like, that's Scar being a yeah, character, yeah. not no, I'm, Simba I'm, being I'm a character. Not, yeah, yeah, but right. I just thought that that was the way that that happened, like the way Scar toyed with the words and kind of built it up. That was exactly how you would do something for a kid that you wanted the kid to do. And you would know you have special knowledge about <laughs> how to manipulate children. So, yeah. But, All right. You know, and then feigning like, oops, I didn't mean to tell you that. And yeah. the kid's like, ah, you are. And, and the kid really eats it up. I like, really enjoyed that scene. Yeah. Like, just in general, I really enjoyed that scene, how they interacted with each other. Like, Scar, I wanted to be like, yeah, he's awesome, but he's kind of a dick and he makes me mad. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he talks to Scar and um, they go through that whole thing. And then Simba, now he has he wants to go to the Badlands or whatever, yeah. uh, the dark area, because he's elephant a kid. Elephant graveyard. Yeah, the elephant graveyard. Uh, because And Scar told him he can't do it because it's too dangerous. Um, and so there's a little thing. Simba wants to prove that he's tough already and you know he's good enough to be king and all that stuff. Yeah. So he's inclined to do this dangerous thing. That's when he runs into Nala. Yeah. He goes home to tell Nala that Nala should go with him to this. And I like her reaction too. Like, what's so cool about that? Like, <laughs> I like Nala in general. I wish, like, I thought, I know at some point I thought one of the coolest things ever would be if Nala was the one who, like, wanted to depose Simba and they had to battle it out. Like, they grew up. And yeah. Because she, she pinned him all the time, you know, so maybe she's just smarter and better, period. Yeah. And then I thought it would be so cool if they were the ones that were the rivals as they grew up. And had to battle each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it didn't happen. No. I wasn't, I kind of guessed that wasn't going to happen, but <laughs> I still yeah. would have been neat. Uh, but they're friends. They're friends, yeah. and you've got some of the mothering happening. And we already had the. No, this is next. Oh, that's coming up? Yeah. I thought it was with Zazu. Oh, yes, because Zazu's watching him. Got it. Okay, yeah. So, you know, they're having their baths, and you've got some Nala's like, I'm having my bath. And Simba's got the, No, Mom, I don't want a bath. I mean, it's straightforward kid stuff, but it's cute. Like, it's just enjoyable. Um, There's that puppy. That's what they do. They wait until we're recording to do that. Oh, this one's the. That one. The sister, not the brother, is being naughty. So then, yes, and then they have to ditch the dodo. (laughs) God, I cannot believe how much you laughed at ridiculous just little phrases like that. Uh, But yeah, they want to ditch the dodo to go to the elephant graveyard. Um, But this is, they have their song now, right? Yeah, Yeah, that's their way to ditch the dodo. Yeah, obviously a great song. Yeah. Oh, the one thing that I, and this is where the music, good things, the music played into the the animations. Mm -hmm. Like when the the elephants were walking and it would hit on each each Mm -hmm. one of the notes, you know, it was Mm -hmm. hitting on those and it went with the music. So I thought that was great. And uh, some of the animation I really liked, but some of it I wasn't too keen on throughout this song. There were some that looked flat like at the part yeah. where like, everybody look left yeah everybody yeah. look right it was flat there where a lot of the other animation in other parts of the movie and for other songs was much more like engaging and enjoyable this one like i like the song but i didn't much like the animation that went with yeah. it anyway there were parts of it that were good still which parts like when he's standing spotlight and and I don't remember that one. I liked when he was running. He and Nala were running with the elephants, yeah. and the elephants were stepping. I really liked how that looked. I like when they're riding on the ostriches. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 
but but so now they end up in the elephant graveyard. So and at the end of the song, I appreciate so two things also. I I appreciate about that song. One, it's like a old school Broadway where everybody around stops what they're doing, joins in the song, they're all in it. But then at the very end, you see the animals scatter. I liked that too. Not like, all of them, though. There were just like a handful of them that scattered. No, they all scattered because all that were the there were only three animals left on screen: two giraffes and the rhinoceros that sat on Zazu. Every yeah. other animal was gone. No, but I mean, a lot more participated in the actual musical than um, were in that last frame of uh, leaving. Yeah. yeah, but I don't fault it at all for that i mean it's fine i get what you're saying yeah yeah and i liked that because it was just like go about your business again like automatic like right away the giraffe was over there just eating the leaves again and is mufasa like a tyrant where they feel like they have to participate in in the prince's probably song numbers (laughs) or they're gonna be (laughs) like thrown Uh, in the gulags i don't think so (laughs) because right when it was done they weren't like standing around like that was good that was good or anything (laughs) like that they all had to they like fled because they didn't want to be a part of it anymore no they fled because yeah. that's they were just going back to being animals right because they have stuff to do but they it's it's a decree from the king that anytime the prince starts a musical number no. they have to participate no, immediately no because in Broadway everybody <laughs> just goes back to like what they're doing too whatever but there weren't absolute monarchies in the Broadways so. exactly so that's why it's not that the <laughs> it's not the monarch thing that's making no, it happen it's a monarchy Mufasa's a, a tyrant anyway so they get to the elephant graveyard and and it's scary and Zazu shows up and then Shenzi and Bonsai and Ed show up. You know their names? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, am I on the right? Yeah, okay. So, yes, the, what are they? Hyenas. hyenas. Laughing hyenas. Yeah. And one of them is played by Whoopi Goldberg. Mm-hmm. And I think she does a great job. Do you think they're the same hyenas that are, later end up in the zoo for Lady and the Tramp? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Double check when we get back to it. Yeah. But, yeah, so they're messing with him. You uh-huh. know, they're not, they don't go right to eating him or anything, but they're. Mine's a cub sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> what was the first pun? Do you remember the first pun? Because that was my favorite one. Yeah, hold on. I don't remember right I don't the remember second. It, uh, but it was a good pun. At the end it was, did we order this lunch to go? <laughs> yeah, no. Because there, there it goes. goes. <laughs> All right, but so they're chasing him around and stuff, and and Nala and and Simba are fleeing along with Zazu. And the dummies set themselves up. They they put Zazu in the birdie boiler, which shot him up to freedom basically, so that he could go back and get Mufasa. So oh, so they set that up. Yeah, nice. They're running, and then they get cornered somewhere, you know, in somewhere, and mm-hmm. then oh yeah, and that's that was a great transit because mm-hmm. it had Simba's roaring trying yeah. to roar at him, and it's not doing much, and they're making fun of him, and then one of the roars is. It it's perfectly crazy. timed with Mufasa. Yeah, roar. it turns out to be Mufasa who just comes in and cleans house. Apparently, it was one guy that did all the roars. <laughs> I thought maybe they just like because we got some good lion roars on. Yeah, we got a quality one. Yeah. So why couldn't the they do that? They had to hire an actor just to do the lion roars. Yeah, all right, but yeah, so Mufasa saves him. Mm-hmm. Save Simba, but he's really angry with him. Yeah, and takes them back. He says, "Zazu, take <coughs> Nala home. I have to teach my son a lesson." Yeah, in his James Earl Jones voice. Yes, Vader, Darth Vader. Yeah, uh, but we see Scar is with the. Uh, well, we see we, he's not with the hyenas at this point. They just the camera just pans up to where he's been standing over the ledge, watching the whole thing right. happen. So if if it's unclear, Scar was trying to set it up so that uh, Simba would be killed by the hyenas. Hyenas, right. So that... Um, Which bothers me later because later he's, you know, makes explicit mention of that. 
Like he's, I practically gift wrapped those cubs for you. Yeah. So. And so they didn't really need to pan up and show that if he was going to say that later. Yeah. yeah. It's redundant. But so Simba and Mufasa are off and this is, I mean. I have a problem with this scene. Yeah. What <laughs> Not the same one you have, because you're going to be like, oh, they're going to have the fox and hound line. We're going to always be friends, right? (laughs) Are you mocking my criticism? Maybe. Um, But my problem is, it's like, I got to teach my son a lesson. Oh, but not really. I'm going to play with him and reward him for this behavior. (laughs) (laughs) It's a teacherly thing. (laughs) Because that's what it is. Like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the future, why wouldn't he do those kinds of things so that he can get get this kind of a moment with his father who's right. very busy running a kingdom and all that stuff. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I hear I hear I understand that. that you have to reassure the child, but come on. Yeah, it needs to be firm. Yeah. You need to make sure that it's unacceptable for him to do this kind of a thing. Correct. So, yes, it is a problem. That Again, this is where it went a little too hokey uh, because he says, well, we're pals, right? That was unnecessary. They're frolicking around. You don't need them to say that what what continue talking what oh because we need to go yeah five minutes yeah (laughs) so what was i saying hokey crazy yeah so he just he says oh we're pals right it was already showing that they were pals it was it was the storytelling already showed that visually so he didn't need to say that and then he says oh and we're gonna be able to be around each other forever right right after that and it's more hokey nonsense but i mean it did at least that line spurred mufasa to talk about the stars and that's i think that's the only reason that line was there is because they had yeah but yes, it establishes that. But those things are too on the nose for that kind of a moment. Yeah. Those are th- and especially right before what's going to happen. Right. It's like those are the really cheap things that you throw in right before that kind of a moment. So anyway, it goes through that and then... And then we get to Simba and Scar down in the gorge. Right, it goes right to that. And he's like, I have, a, there's a present for you, but you need to wait here for it. And then he makes fun of his roar so that he's down there roaring at things. Right. So that, and I don't know whether it is intentional or not, but you know, then it's that Simba thinks that he started the stampede. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I, I made that connection, but I could see thematically it might, you mm-hmm. know, uh, so it's more psychologically destructive right. because obviously for most of the movie, he's supposed to think it's my fault. Right. So, so yeah, that would make sense that uh, he would have to do that or that would be part of it. So the hyenas, Scar triggers signals. the hyenas, signals to them, yeah, that they should start a stampede down the gorge and he does. And I think this is some of the most visually compelling stuff that in the Disney movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the when they're coming down and Simba's reactions to it right. just all look great. And when he was running, what? I was going to say at the beginning, character-wise or animation-wise, that Simba looked like a real baby. At the Like, what the French is going on to me right now? The, the, the facial expressions that he was making, like the way he was looking around, looked like a baby trying to figure out the world. Like, <laughs> why am I doing this? Like, uh, with, I'll, so, I'll but, take your word for it. I haven't seen that many babies. But that I feel like that kind of carries through the whole movie is that these characters are emoting. Like they're can, very expressive. Yeah. yeah, and I love even just the way their mouths moves when they move when they say certain yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really good. A little bit of Prometheus school of running away from things because he just runs directly away. He's yeah. a kid. You give him some kind of latitude there, but he ends up on the branch deal, and then Scar gets Mufasa to come and yeah, he does. He runs over there and 
and gets him. Oh, yeah, he does. You're yeah, right. I'll just shake because, your head. Uh-huh. Because Zazu and Mufasa are walking along and they notice that the, the herd is moving, but it's no big deal until right, they find out herd. that Simba's down there. Yeah, so yeah, Scar right. comes up and says, uh, and then Mufasa goes down there and he's trying to save his kid, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think this actually was animated really well. The way yeah. that he has to, like, he goes with it and then has to find a way to curve in and mm-hmm. turn back to go get him. I thought that looked great because it could have very easily been something that seems like it's really easy to get through, right. you know, but it what it didn't seem like that at all. No. And so he gets him and he gets like, he's carrying his kid, he grabs him out of the air and is carrying carrying Simba and gets hit in the mouth and drops him and, and all sorts of stuff and then finally gets him thrown up onto a, a ledge and is trying to crawl out himself. Yeah. Are gazelles that much faster than lions that he couldn't just keep running with the herd until they weren't so closed in? Well, by, I mean, by evolutionary bartering, then they would necessarily have to be pretty close to each other when it comes to speed. Right. Yeah, so uh, I would I would think that whatever the case. Like, even if he runs along with them, but runs a little even slower, they're going to dart around him to get away. Therefore, he would end up at the back of the pack and be fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. <laughs> I really enjoyed this scene. Yeah. Um, pretty much top to bottom. There were some things that annoyed me, like right after Mufasa climbs up the thing, Scar <laughs> grabs I love the lines and stuff in this. Like, this is good writing. Uh, just long live the king. Ah! <laughs> and he's like, brother. Yeah, yeah, that's all good stuff. And toss him down. And it's totally, all this is choreographed really well, uh, you know, that he falls back. And, and, and I love that the fact that Simba is in a place where he can see the fall, but he can't see how it happens. Right, right. Like yeah. that's, it, and it just makes sense. Like, it doesn't seem contrived at all. Like, yeah. Because the way yeah. the, the landscape is. And it's, yeah, that's good. The thing that I have a problem with is right after he falls right after Mufasa falls then the herd's done yeah you know it's like come on, at least like have it go for a little while and build that up so that it doesn't seem like he could have just you know stepped Wait. aside for half a second and been done and fine yeah. instead of climbing up and getting assassinated yeah so then Simba goes down to check on him and this is a really sad Thing. You know, he has to nuzzle up to him and all that yeah. stuff. It's really sad. And he crawls under his paw. Yeah, and... yeah. And he's trying to get him to wake up. And, and that looks great. And then another moment that annoys the hell out of me, actually, is that Scar comes up. He could kill him right there. You know, he's right there. <laughs> they don't have forensic scientists who are going to come in and find out where the, you know, who did the killing. But he doesn't. He says, run and leave forever. Aha. Uh-huh. And then tells the hyenas to kill him. But maybe this is where you were telling him at another point in the movie. What? What point? Oh, no. You were saying while we were watching even, like, dude, that's your nephew. Why would you be doing that to your nephew? (laughs) That's exactly the point, though, is that they should have set that up. They should have set that up in the beginning. It would have been much more interesting character and structure if Scar had demonstrated in the beginning that he wasn't trying to kill Simba because he was worried about it. Like, he he wants to kill Mufasa, not because he has a special hatred for him or anything, but because he wants to be king. But he doesn't want to do that to his nephew. If they had set that up in the beginning, it would have made much more complex characters and structure and everything else. And that's why, if that's why Simba had survived, that would have made it so much more interesting. We skipped Scar's whole scene. Oh, his song and all that yeah. stuff. I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, do, do you like that song? My child self doesn't like it. It's yeah. too scary. <laughs> uh, yeah, it has a whole freaking Nazi rally. Mm-hmm. Like all of them marching. Hey. <laughs> 
<laughs> buddy. But yeah, all of them marching and all that stuff. Yeah, it's a whole thing. But I yeah. actually really like this song. Me too. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so like I said, it would have been so much more interesting peer- all across the board if Scar would have struggled with that relative yeah. to his nephew, but not to Mufasa. I just would I would have loved it so much more. If there's that just a the little. I mean, like I said, I give it a little bit of a pass because there's a little there that he he was willing to kill Mufasa himself, but is unwilling to kill Simba himself because he had opportunity after opportunity. Like when he was with them up there, he got to push them off as the ledge there at the very first time we see them together. Yeah, but they don't. I mean, it's just that moment. You know, yeah, it's not yeah. like he really should have. Like there should have been a playful moment between them where it was clear that Scar was enjoying you know being around Simba. Yeah. Uh, and there's something like that that was established, and then that would have established that characteristic. But it doesn't. Scar's just bad. Yeah. You know, all around bad. <laughs> so that's what's frustrating about it, and that's why I don't like Scar. Uh, yeah. You know. So anyway, but so Simba runs away and gets chased by the hyenas, hyenas. and this is kind of the first time that he succeeds at something by himself. Yeah. You know. So character-wise, there's a little something there. What? And he succeeds by falling into thorns, and yeah. the thorns protect him. And- yeah, but still, that's that's how it starts yeah. uh you know it's like the good dinosaur you have to take little steps yeah. <laughs> but so he gets are you checking how long it's going to take to get there mm-hmm. oh, okay 13 minutes but yeah so he he succeeds for the first time getting away but he goes through the thorns and gets away the hyenas don't get to eat him as they were supposed to do and scar doesn't know that and obviously this is a very basic setup when it comes to adventure tales historically right. is that the the rightful heir is off in the world somewhere he was he usually he was supposed to have been killed but he wasn't killed and then they're going to come back to reclaim the throne you know it's very standard stuff he runs off and ends up in the middle of a dry area or something like that yeah and then are you searching for what happens next because i know what happens next well, very clearly yeah, i was just trying to let you talk they're bowling they're bowling for buzzards but i was wondering when do we see scar take over pride rock that's what i'm wondering that's oh what I was to oh out. yeah i'm not sure where that fits either is it before we see simba again it might be i before. think it yeah, is. yeah because i think they have he does like a eulogy and then so hmm, <laughs> i'm sorry can you can you know exactly what happens next good job <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So we've got that established, though. Scar's taken over, and he's bringing in the hyenas mm-hmm. to help govern. Uh, and he says it's a new day. I was so mad when Bonsai threw his thorns at Ed's nose. What Ed do? Nothing. Yeah, yeah that. I thought it was Whoopi Shenzy, Goldberg yeah. first. Yeah, and I was like, all right, well, yeah, she's that, talking. That, that had it coming. She had it coming. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it was Ed, and that was kind of a jerk move. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, now we're bowling for buzzards. And they grab. They pick up. They have a little discussion. I like how that discussion goes. Pretty funny. Uh, they take. Simba back and give him some water wake him up and Simba's still depressed he's just like I don't care I'm walking off into nowhere and I pre- some a little bit of character here yeah. I appreciate that but then they're like Kuna oh, Matata <laughs> and go through that whole thing excellent song obviously of course and I loved the lush vegetation like it was beautiful this is where I start loving the animation yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean I love the, the way that Pride Rock looks mm-hmm. um, and a lot of things about the characters and all that stuff but I definitely love just how lush and when they're grabbing the bugs and how varied and great it looks when they're eating the bugs and all that stuff. I love that part. Do you want to use pictures from my classroom for your video? Maybe. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
So then after that, you know, they have their whole thing and you have your very favorite grow from child to adult montage. Yeah, I'm not, uh, it's not as, it's not so bad in this. I know, because in this he starts out as a baby, uh-huh. but he doesn't do much as a baby. No. Uh, then he ends up as a kind of toddler or you know, older kid, right? Where yeah. he's talking about being king. And then he just, he goes to adult, right? Yeah. So, but it's, I like this transition. I think it's iconic. It looks good. I love how they're yeah. walking all across the lawn. And yeah. the moon in the background. And and the it background's just, changing. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I like, I really like the transition. So that's uh, good enough for me. Yeah. Then they are all laying in the grass talking. And Timon's like, do you ever wonder what those things are up there? Right, right, and The right. firefighters and Puma's like, I think they're just big giant balls of gas. <laughs> and, which is a joke because yeah. he's gaseous. gaseous and, and because they are. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then Simba tells what his father had told him. And then he goes and, beast, goes and flops down and is depressed because you know here here his father told him this and he's like what a crock of oh my god (laughs) the first and it's dropped by you it's dropped by (laughs) that's pretty funny obviously i will edit that out thank you Uh, i will censor that but wow so Uh, but that and this it's kind of a little contrived because he drops down and his scent goes out on the wind and Rafiki grabs Rafiki, it. Yeah, yeah. And realizes that Simbus is still alive. But then that transition At to least unique. Yeah. <laughs> but you didn't even mention anything about because you brought up the thing in the rescuers. I've been waiting to pounce, you know, just like Simba was gonna pounce on the stupid bird guy. I've been waiting to pounce for you to say something about this moment. When he flops down and the stuff goes flying. Oh about sex? It's not! <laughs> I did research. That's not what it says. It says SFX. I know exactly. Special effects. I know. It's in... You didn't know that. It's I in 100% Frozen. knew it's that in, it... Why do you think I didn't mention it? Back huh? Why do you think I didn't mention it? Because I knew. It's a... Listen, some other ones. But that's what special effects people do. It's a joke among special effects people. I only mention the ones that people. I know for Such sure. A, whatever. I'm not going to just go with some urban myth. Oh, yeah. All right. Whatever. Anyway. And that's not what Aladdin says either in Aladdin. He doesn't say take off your clothes. It says... It says something about the cat. It yeah. says, like, get away from me, you cat, or something like that. So that's not how you represented it to me when you initially told me. Because I didn't know anything about this stuff. And you were just telling me, oh, there's sex all over the place in all these places. You know about the there penis is on the a cover. penis on the cover. <laughs> yeah, there is on the Little Mermaid. There is. I cannot fight that one at all. But anyway... <laughs> So what happens next? Nala? Um, yes. Get Nala yeah. So now we see that Scar's calling Sarabi and Sarabi's like, there's nothing we got to leave. And if you have the kingdom. Fu- no, wait, that's the end. There, <laughs> there's they. We see the lioness and they're like, we, we don't have anything. There's no food. And so then Nala goes off to find things. What well, I thought it was. No, because the the hyenas came to him first and said, there's no food. Right. And he said, I don't care. Just shut up and go away. Yeah. And then after that, he, like Nala, or not Nala, but no. But we don't see anything about Nala in between, right? She just ends up out there looking for food, right? It doesn't, not, like, yeah, address it doesn't, her directly. It doesn't say Nala, go find food. Right. No. Nothing like that. It's yeah. just Nala's out. And yeah. so they didn't, uh, what I'm saying is it's not contrived, right. uh, horrible, just too straightforward a kind no. of structure. It's it's more creative and subtle than that. And so, so yeah. Yeah, so Timon and Pumbaa are just off doing their morning routine and singing a song and getting being distra- distracted, and then Nala's about to pounce on Pumbaa. Right. And they run away, and then Simba, just like they'd planned, came in to rescue them. And right. Then Nala pins him, and he realizes it's Nala. One minor thing I don't like about this is that 
over the years that he's been out there doing this, I would have figured that he would have saved them a whole bunch of times because he's tough. They're weak. Yeah. Uh, you figured that would have been something. But it's only now that Timon says, oh, see, I told you he would come in handy. Yeah. So I wish they would have built Just that even, history into it. Yeah. It's like, okay, there he is. You know, Or like, not even say that line at all. Yeah. Not have any line yeah. uh, or something that suggested there's a history that right. this is what has been happening the whole time. So that's only my like thing. If, that like if he me. had said to Pumbaa, don't worry, Simba will be here or something right, like right, that. Yeah. You know, Simba always shows up in yeah. time. And- <laughs> yeah. Something. Something, something like that. It establishes yeah. history. It's great. And that would have been wonderful. Anyway, so Simba comes out. Nala still gets the pin. Because yep. <laughs> she's got those skills. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of how Simba recognized her, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and then he's like, oh my gosh, is that you? And she's like, who the heck are you? And a lot of Oedipal stuff. We'll get we'll get into that. But yeah, so talks to Nala. And then she explains kind of what's going on. And he's like... I'm not going back. Yeah, he's still... I'm not having anything to do with that. But then what happens? Then they fall in love tonight. <laughs> do they? So yeah. they have that song. <laughs> All right. Uh, great song, obviously. I mean, so many of these songs are mm-hmm. just those songs you know that got went everywhere and did everything that right. everybody's heard all the time yeah they do that and I love the I really like the sequence I think animation wise it was just really fun to watch mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and when they're all playfully batting at each other and the like and then but he still never says he'll go back like he's just like no I'm not going right and then the monkey shows up Rafiki yeah. oh and Rafiki's the one who gets him going yeah Rafiki and him have their... He has, like, kind of a Yoda thing going on. You know, he's a wacky mentor who needs to tell the the protagonist what he needs to hear so that he figures it out. Yeah, so Rafiki... And then does he see... What? Go ahead. What are you going to ask? Does he see the his father now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so he's looking up in the sky. He's like, oh, what's going on? And and then his father shows up like the ghost in Hamlet. And, yeah. and, and he just tells him to remember who he is, is basically all he says. Right. But like, he says, remember three times. Yeah. Just like the ghost in Hamlet says, adieu, 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 yeah. remember me. Uh, yeah. So uh, this total just copy. Yeah. But then the monkey hits him on the head. And... Oh, really? I really love that. <laughs> I know you did. He's like, oh, it's in the past. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't <laughs> that was great. And then Simba learns from it and then runs away and Rafiki celebrates. And then they have the whole who's line on first scene with Pumbaa and Timon and Nala and Rafiki. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that, like, that was funny too. Who's that? The monkey's his father? <laughs> no. The monkey's his uncle? No. no so, so. Yeah, it's good stuff. So then they catch up with him as he's kind of just trying to get in the lay of the land and trying to figure out what to do. And then he sees Scar, domestic abuse. (laughs) But one thing, you know, just generally, I think this has the best comedic balance out of any of them. Yeah. You know, tonal wise, uh, it just seems like all of the jokes, I enjoyed all of the jokes and they didn't take away from the tone, you know, any of the serious aspects of it. I can't say for 100% certain. Okay. But I'm, I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that when Nathan Lane said, what do you want to do? What do you want me to do? Dress in drag and do the hula? It was ad lib and they added it. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, and that worked. Yeah. It's hilarious. But I don't like Nathan Lane. I thought that was Billy Crystal for some reason. Yeah, Billy Crystal. Totally Billy Crystal. So I'm going to hold it against this movie. <laughs> I don't like Nathan Lane. Anyway, so yes, they distract the the uh-huh. first hyenas so they can get past him. Yep. And then he goes to confront Scar uh-huh. after he domestic abuses. 
Uh-huh. And but he's up on the thing, and they say, "Oh, uh, Mufasa," and everybody thinks he's Mufasa. Even yeah. his mother, yeah, <laughs> thinks he's Mufasa. Oedipal. That's what I'm saying. I see. And obviously, the whole thing is he. And you see this in a million movies. Obviously, I've talked about it before, but it's where the the son has to defeat the it's father's person. killer right. to show that he's better than the father. Right. You know, the, it's that thing. Um, it's very straightforward application of that, and it has the cliche of. Of the villain where the protagonist shows the villain mercy and then the villain does something else to get himself killed. Yeah. And it's just like, come on. Well, and that's, you have the parallel too because, and this is what you're saying the more the Oedipal stuff is he is about to die the same way his father died. Right, right. He's hanging it over and scars that. scars at, yep. claws in him, yeah. And then he does not succumb to that. He jumps up and pins Scar instead. Right, it's it's really, yeah, really Oedipal. Uh, he doesn't bang his mom, but yeah, no. uh, even though his... I mean, Nala looks pretty much like his mom. So. Well, there are lions. You can't look much different. <laughs> That's true. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, and Scar just digs a hole for himself because he blames it all on the hyenas. And right, right. So he so has no... He has... No allies. No allies anymore. Yeah. And we see in the... So Simba ends up throwing him off the edge and we see the hyenas attack Scar in his shadow. Right. The shadows. And then they sell his carcass to Hercules. Yep. <laughs> there you go. That's the end of Scar. Uh, I was really hoping that Scar would be one of the great villains when I saw this. That I'd like him as much as I like the other villains, like yeah. Ursula, you know. Yeah. But he just—he seemed like a jerk, like all around, just a, a bad thing and not cool bad. Right. The only cool bad thing he did was mess with Simba when he was a kid. Yeah. You know? So then it starts raining in the Pride Lands again. Yeah. And everything grows back, and we start the circle of life over with Nala and Simba, and then they have the sidekick Zazu, Pumon, 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 Pumon. And, and Tumba, yeah. and then the new baby is held up in the circle of life. Dun dun dun! Boom! And the end. Yeah. So that one was an actual clap. <laughs> Let's see how that sounds when I'm editing it later. Yeah, so that was that was the whole movie. And all around, it definitely... I mean, there's a lot of good stuff, obviously. It's freaking Lion King. Yeah, a lot of good stuff in there. Agreed. Um, some surprisingly good, and some things that I didn't realize that I would not like about it. Yeah? Yeah, so we'll we'll have to see how it holds up against the movie that's going to lose. Yeah. <laughs> Wreckage Ralph. Yeah, we'll see. I don't really like John C. Riley, and he does the voice for yeah, he does. Ralph. Do you like him more than Nathan Lane? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a question for the ages. <laughs> All right, so we've got to get off to sushi. Yay, sushi. <laughs> All right, so done? Yeah. Okay. It's got curved Gosh. technology. What does that even mean? It's curved. Are you ready to talk? Yeah. Okay, so what did we watch? Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph. Is there a Wreck-It Ralph 2? Yes. Oh. It's Ralph Breaks the Internet, is what it's called. It is? Are you serious? Yeah, pretty serious. Ah, oh. all right. What happened in this Wreck-It Ralph? Um, so we start and there's a lot of what seemingly is voiceover. And it is, but then we find out that he's a bad guy anon- at a bad guy <laughs> anonymous meeting. And so yeah. he's telling his story at the meeting. So it's not awful, but I did laugh at that meeting. When he did something, I don't even know what happened, but the little ghost guy from Pac-Man turned blue and the other... Yeah, that yeah. was funny to you. Yeah. But it had Zangief and M. Bison. I don't even know who those people are. <laughs> I think it had Kano in there. Kano? Yeah. Oh. 
But didn't Kano and his fighting partner shake hands at one point? We're like, all right, want to go over to Tap House and get a beer or something like that? Ryu and Ken. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh. Just checking. That's from Street Fighter. Kano's from Mortal Kombat. Oh my god. Mortal Kombat! Oh my god. But they initially, they like referenced Turbo at one point, and I thought they were referencing Street Fighter 2 Turbo, and I um, thought that's what they were going to, it was going to be about, but it yeah. wasn't. I was disappointed. I thought about the Snail Turbo. You know there's <laughs> a movie called Sna- Turbo, and it's a snail? Yes. Yes, I know that that's the case. It's probably really stupid. I'm sure. So he's going through his narration and saying, oh, I'm a bad guy, but I'm really sad because they throw me off the building and I don't get to hang out with anybody and I have to live in the dump. Yeah. Right? Right. And he just wants a medal. And then it's the 30th anniversary of their game, which I really don't think that that game would have lasted 30 years no, in an arcade. But I don't... But. So this is a central motivation for the duration is his medal thing. But it doesn't make much sense. He just gets a medal and then he's accepted? Well, that's what he was thinking. Any medal? Yeah, that's because he went... Yeah, you kind of were just out checked out for this, for a lot of it. What do you mean I'm checked out? I was not checked out. I'm just... I'm asking about, okay, what is the logical significance of this plot element, of this thing being the thing that's driving him along? Is it a MacGuffin or is it some have some kind of legitimate... I think just in his mind that good guys get medals and once and if you're a good guy, you're accepted and you get to be part of the crew. Well, it's so, like, limp. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, there's but just not much If he gets a that. medal, then he'll get to live in the house. And that was what he said. I think he even talked to the governor guy about it. Well, I, I get that. It's just, that doesn't seem like there's much to that, you know? It's like, yeah. I don't know. I even think that the glitch had more of a, of more consequence that she was motivated, you know? Yeah. And something about her character seemed more significant. But even his character just seems, like, empty. I don't know. There's there's something really sterile about this guy. You hated him as soon as he opened his mouth. Oh, did I? Yeah, you even said that. Whatever. It's just, it annoys me. and I don't like it. Go on. So he crashes the 30th anniversary party and they're all like, you get out of here. You can't be here. And because he kept trying to put himself on top of the cake and they're like, well, you don't have a medal. And he's like, and he smashes the cake and they throw him out and say, this is, see, you just wreck everything. And then he leaves and he's like, I'm going to go find a medal. And so he goes to the tap house. Is that what it's called? Tap house? Sure. I don't know. And searches through their lost and found and doesn't find one. And then some guy comes walking through and he's got like PTSD and he's like, ah, climb buildings, kill bugs, get metal. <laughs> and Wreck-It Ralph. That's is, lucky. Oh, yeah. You get a medal? I can kill bugs. And then he knocks the guy out and takes all his clothes and Sophie's licking your glasses. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> You said her name again. Yep. All right. Just note at this point that he stripped the guy all the way down. See, you keep telling new, me that. Because he found Zangief's I, underwear in the garbage. I and then the that. guy was wearing Zangief's underwear. It's a I don't huge know who coincidence. Zangief is. Zangief is one of the villains that was in the anonymous meeting. So the guy just didn't have the same underwear? Because that's what I thought. It's distinctive underwear. So? It's got a gold band and it's red maroon. I don't know about that. Oh, anyway. So, yeah, so then he's just going to go off and so much of the movie feels meandering. Yeah. And it, like, there's not much propulsion to it and it annoys me. Yeah. But he goes and fights the bugs, right? Hero's duty. And he goes in there and he just breaks protocol all over the place and then freaks out and talks to the gamer that's the first person computer thing that's going through and then he gets in trouble and... 
then he sees, oh, that's where they keep the metal. So he went and broke into the headquarter, like the tower place, and got all the way up and got his metal just because he got there. And yeah, so just you don't have to actually accomplish the things. You just get to that point and get it. Yeah. All right. And then he's so excited about it that he triggers all the bugs. Right. Another serendipitously. uh, So he serendipitously ran into the guy who had all the armor on to find out about the... And he happened to say, oh, you get a medal. So he hears that. Uh, And then he serendipitously stumbles into this rocket ship and loses his medal on the way to the rocket ship and lands. Or when when he crashes, he loses the medal. And then serendipitously, there happens to be the glitch there who needs a medal for the thing that she needs to do. She doesn't need a medal. She just needs a gold coin. Well, fine. But it, it's it's suitable for what she's trying to accomplish. And she happens to be there right at that time. You know what I really didn't like about that part? What? Is that, okay, double bars or whatever, they disappear. Great. But he's holding on to a double bar one. As she's going away and like talking to him, you know, every other one he touches and it disappears basically. But he's holding on and he's holding on. She's talking and she's like, I gotta go. And then she's like, double bar. And then it disappears and then he falls. That's stupid. Yeah. It annoyed me. <laughs> Meanwhile, the bug got eaten by the taffy. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. I don't remember that. And that's because it's it's relevant later. Yeah, yeah. All right, because he brought a bug with him because the bug attacked his face, yeah. and that's why and he, he didn't intentionally it. go into Candy Rush. Right, it was serendipitous. Yeah, exactly. What happens from here? Does he just talk to, or he tries to follow the glitch because the glitch goes and uses the coin to? Well, so he gets dropped into the green goo. Meanwhile, the glitch right. goes and hides and gets her cart into the starting line and throws her coin into the thing and her name gets called and the king freaks out. And just at this time, Wreck-It Ralph, covered in goo and other candy pieces that stuck to him as he was trying to get their shows up and they're like, it's a monster! Right. And he, what I thought was funny about this part is that he like destroys the stands and just like sends all the cl- candy in the stands <laughs> I, flying. You laughed out loud, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what I liked about this part was the names of all the, were the names of all the racers. They were ridiculous. They're, Candlehead? They were awesome. This is ridiculous. Yeah, I like the names. But other than that. I, I feel like they were really lame. Care so much. What happened? Oh, he gets captured by the king and, right? Because the gumball or whatever pulls the green stuff off of him. So they figure out a tricot Ralph. He's in a cupcake. He gets stuck in a cupcake. Right. And... They see that it's Wreck-It Ralph, and, but they can't get the cupcake off of him, and then he goes rolling off the cliff or something and breaks the cupcake at the bottom of the cliff. Um, meanwhile, Fix-It Stanley? Sure. Yeah. Fe- Fix-It Felix. <laughs> <laughs> Fix-It Stanley, yes. Is looking for Ralph because their game is now out of order because he wasn't there to wreck the building. So, All right, so we abandon his game, so nobody wants to play it, or they say it's out of order because right. he's not there. Because all all the characters were freaking out on it, and yeah. So Felix goes to find him and runs into Jane Seymour. Not Jane Seymour. What's that? Is that from Glee or something? Or is that the actress's name? I I don't know her actual name. I feel like it is <laughs> Jane. Maybe it is Krakowski or something. No. No, I know better. No, I don't. Whatever. Anyway. So, versus her and freaking Mario stand in, likes her. And- yeah. And he's like, I can fix anything. I have to go with you. And she's like, oh, right, fine. And lets him go, basically. Right. And so then the glitch is like, I can get you back your medal. I just have to win the race. I need you. Oh, he was like throwing a fit or something and broke a gumball and, or a 
jawbreaker and she's like oh you can break things really well i just need you to break something for me i can get you your metal and so then they go break into the car making area right so and i didn't even see i for some reason i didn't see this i don't know if this is when i fell asleep for like two minutes but i did not see this they just broke into the area uh-huh. and and baked a car and then ran away with it yeah like so he, she was like i need your help to make this he's like i don't make things i wreck things and she's like just help me and he ends up being able to like help her all the way through the mini game and then the car comes out and it looks dis- like a disaster and she's like i love it so she gets in the car and she's like go and she's like i don't know how to drive this and then the king shows up because they find out that she's in there and ralph pushes her away and gets on the back and he uses his hands to propel them and then she's like go through the wall there go through the wall under the gumdrop the sugar cane lollipops and then they go through the wall and the king doesn't know where they went so they're criminals yeah but it's a, they just clip through the wall like speedrunners do when they're playing video games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they clip through the wall, and that's where they find where... The magic whistle to take them to another land? No, because that's built into the game. It's it's problems with the code that lead to your ability to be able to clip through walls to advance in games where you're not supposed to. I see. So it's not the same okay. at all. Anyway, so this is where the glitch lives, and it's... A volcano with a bunch of Alka-Seltzer, whatever. Coke and Mentos. Yeah, Mentos and, and soda at the bottom, right? And then... And then, puppies! Hey! Show some courtesy! Uh-uh. So, there's Coke and Mentos and the, the fresh, fresh maker. maker. And... <laughs> oh, jinx, mommy, Coke. <laughs> get it? Because we were talking about Coke? Because Coke's in there? Did you get it? Did you get it? You got it. I can see she got it. Okay, so then they're in there, but he makes her a... There was something stupid about this, and I can't remember what it was now. What was stupid about it? Unjinx, you bought me a Coke. We'll just say that. No, you got me a Coke. Stop it. I'm not doing the whole rest of the stupid thing by myself. We'll just pretend. (laughs) Just say that's a Coke and give it to me. Come on. (laughs) She is loving this. Like, she's gleeful right now that she gets to pretend. Like, it means something. Well, you just hand... You can't sign language it. Just hand me that thing. Say it's a Coke, and then we'll call it good. God. Thank you. (laughs) I was totally Jim, and you were Pam. Yeah. (sighs) Um. What happens now? There was something you said you hated in the the cave, but basically she's like, I don't know how to drive. And he's like, you got to learn how to drive so you can win the race and makes her a racetrack in there. And there's this whole montage of Rihanna telling them how to drive, shut up and do it. (laughs) Yeah, it was a nice Rihanna song. Yeah, Uh, It's Rihanna. Rihanna. It's not though. Rihanna. You are so nerdy. Uh, you know what? I just hit Rihanna on a text. Last night I was leaving hickeys on her neck. Yeah? Yeah, you try to diss me, I'm perplexed. Compliment me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he says Rihanna as well. Yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. Because he really does know her. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it on a starter cap. Stan, Stan, son. So there's the whole montage with him... <laughs> getting knocked down because she doesn't know how to drive and then at the end of the montage and the end of the song she knows how to drive and is going to win the race so another montage and it's a manual it's another not another one no i'm saying another montage amidst all of the disney montages oh gotcha okay uh, but and what else was i saying i was saying something else i don't know you're a jerk uh sarah silverman though does a good job as the voice of the glitch yeah i like her john c Riley is kind of he's just dull and nothing yeah 
Like, there's nothing to this freaking guy. But anyway. So, yeah, she knows how to race now, and they're going to go race. And another serendipitous moment, because when they go out, then uh, she says, hold on, I have to go back inside. Yeah. And then she goes back inside, and then the freaking king shows up. Right. Right then, and is like, eh, well, you actually can't let her win, because then it'll ruin everything, and they'll have to close down the game. And she's the glitch, and she can't escape because she's a glitch. And so she'll die if if they have to close the game down, so just do it for her. Your explanation skipped a key part of it. It did not skip a key part. It was perfect. Uh, no. If she races and wins, she becomes one of the main characters that the gamers can choose. And then she'll be racing and she'll glitch while she's racing and they'll like, they'll think that the game is broken and that's why they'll have to shut the game down. Which is exactly what I said. So great. Mm-hmm. And then, so the king leaves and she comes back and gives Wreck-It Ralph a medal that she made that, that looked terrible, obviously, because uh, it's homemade. And then he's like, no, you can't race. And breaks the crap out of her car. Breaks it. Because he's he's trying to save her because he just believed a random person that he talked to. Right. Well, the king that he talked to. Um, and didn't think, oh, well, maybe he has ulterior motives. Right. And then later that will be undone by believing some other random <laughs> thing And he didn't that even he question, to. like, how did you get my... I mean, he questioned, but he's like, that's not important. Like, how did you what? get my medal? Oh, right, yeah. Because the... Oh, the king went in to, like, the code, the game yeah. code, and that's how he got the medal... Uh, yeah. out of the thing and, and gave it to himself. Right. The, and we see the glitches little code mm-hmm. just off by itself, not attached to anything. Right. So, all right. So then, at the, and in somewhere in there, Fix-It Felix got put in jail. Yeah, I think all the, like, secondary plot line with her and Fix-It Felix is all stupid and mm. pointless and I hate it. And so, Wreck-It Ralph goes back home with his medal and no one's there. They had all left because their game was being unplugged. Right. And there's just the mayor's left and the mayor gives him the key to the city and he's like, now you can be alone here in the house. All right. So his metal thing didn't work out because it was a stupid idea in the first place. And so now that it didn't work out, oh, now he's going to go try to do the right thing. Well, yes, but he throws the metal at the game screen and he right. knocks the out of order sign a little bit and then he sees the side of the candy crush game serendipitous that what's her face is on the side of the machine oh my god there's no way that lion king has this many serendipitous stupid plot points but anyway go <laughs> on and then he's like wait a minute why is she on the side of the machine if she's just a glitch so then she goes back and she goes back he goes back the glitch got put in jail somehow she was changed yeah i don't remember how she got jailed either like, I don't remember how friggin' little Mario wannabe dude got jailed. I don't I, remember how she got jailed. I know how Mario did. He knocked on the door and the oh, sour right. ball guy said. He opened the chocolate trap door. Right. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. Okay. But I don't know how she got in there, but she's jailed. Yeah. So Wreck-It goes and breaks through and gets Felix out. And, you know, Felix does his whole, I'm not your friend and I'm your friend and I'm mad at you and I'm not mad at you. And then he fixes the, oh, we forgot the part where the two people fell into the Nestle quicksand and she had to punch him in the face to make the Laffy Taffy laugh. Yeah, we forgot about that. Make sure to <laughs> nail that one um, down. But so then he fixes the car. Yep. And they take the car to the girl and the girls, you're like, you got a race, but you don't have to come in first. You just have to cross the finish line because, oh yeah, Reckle, Ralph, when he got back, found the little sour ball thing and put it in his mouth to get information. Right. So he tortured him. it. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty much waterboarding. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Literally with saliva. Thank you. That was the joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to go to Wegmans. Did we go to Wegmans on Sunday last time? Sunday? Yeah. Maybe. You mean for food? Yeah. You want Wegmans food today? 
Kinda. <laughs> Partly because I want coconut water. So you don't want Megan's food, you just want coconut water. Well, I want both. I want the dumplings and the spring rolls. You did like those quite a bit last time. I did. So, so geez, why? <laughs> so then the race starts and she's in it and she's... But, okay, hold on. So this whole plot point about her not having to get first, what is the significance of that? Why does it matter in any way that she doesn't have to get first now? Um, Because... Like, it doesn't serve any other plot element. That it, she doesn't have to get first. That she doesn't have to get first. Because she did have to get first before to get his medal. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying that, that, like, what's the significance? What would be different if she did have to get first versus not having to get first? Well, she's never dri- driven in a race, supposedly, and she's... Well, fine. I understand that it, it makes it less difficult for her. But I don't, like, there's no other connecting part that makes it significant that she doesn't have to get first. Except they said it at one point. I don't understand the question. Well, I'm saying it doesn't have any significance. Like, if she had then not gotten first, you know, then it would have been significant. But she went and was the only one who crossed and got first, so it doesn't really matter. I see. So you're saying that, why did they say that if they were going to have her get first anyway? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and what does it mean? Like, does it does it suggest something thematically? Does it, like, what does it do? What is the point at all of having that plot element? I don't know, maybe they were trying to take away that motivation and didn't then just so to demonstrate she's just that awesome anyway because she doesn't need that extra ex- external motivation to do it. I guess. I don't know. It was stupid. But um, <sighs> yeah, so, but she's racing. Is she racing now? Is that where we are? Yeah, yeah. Because everybody else took off and then she gets there late, but she's like, I'm still going to get first. And, yeah. And then takes off and then the bugs attack. Yeah. And so they're attacking the finish line while she's racing and she uses her glitch to her advantage. And then... Which is cheating, BT dubs. (laughs) So that's how she gets to the top is by cheating. But all right. And then she finally catches up with the king and... And she glitches to get away from him and he goes... But before that, they're fighting. She's stuck on his hood and they're shown on the big screen fighting and that's when Wreck-It Ralph and Fix-It Felix realize that he's actually Turbo because he starts glitching. Yeah, because he's flicking around. And I like that plot element I like. I mean, it's frustrating because it's the only other thing, you know, that they need to tie in some way. So it's really clear that that's what they would have to do. Uh, They have to tie him in somehow, but... I still liked it as yeah. a as a plot turn. We didn't even talk about Turbo other than who we thought he was. No. It's always when you jump from a game and you try to be part of somebody else's game, now it's called Turboing because right, right. he did that and killed two games. Right. So, but then they raise, she wins but crashes right at the end because uh, before the finishing because the bugs yeah blow up just serendipitously and then her thing's broken but that doesn't matter because fix it felix is right there and then they like crush the finish line but that doesn't matter because fix it felix is there but it's just there are a whole bunch of bugs around yeah so the wreck it ralph tries to run her out of the game right back into the lobby or whatever and can't she's still stuck there because she's a glitch but we did we explain that we found out that if she crosses the finish line then she gets like reincorporated it resets the game so she gets reincorporated because the king turbo guy actually untethered her from the game and that's why she's a glitch yeah so, yeah, that's why she's trying to get across the finish line. But, and then Wreck-It Ralph is going to be all self-sacrificial, and he goes running back in to try to start the volcano of soda and 
Mentos because that'll attract the bug right. things, which has all been established already. You know, they set yeah. those things up, so that's fine. So he's trying to punch the thing down, and then the the king jumps in and tries to right. stop him and is flying up with him. And it was then, also established that they turn into whatever they eat, and one of them ate the king, and then that, therefore, became the king bug thing. Oh, okay, yeah. And then Wreck-It Ralph breaks away and is falling all the way down. And it gets all super dramatic with slow motion when he lands on the thing. And I was like, He just (laughs) lands on the thing. Not to mention that the glitch came with her car and busts through. And that's the thing on which he lands. How did she get a new car? Where did that come from? I didn't know her car broke. It was no her car. The her original car broke, and it was it was covered by a bunch of stuff. Uh, you remember when they were parked by the finish line? Oh. It was under a bunch of debris and stuff, and then they ran. I don't know. But then she jumped, and the car that she had was a different car. Oh, she must have stole it from someone. Oh well, she knows how to do that. So all right, and then it's she, <laughs> she like Jasmine, <laughs> just the thing that she could take people's things because of her stature. Yep. Anyway, so, but she saves Wreck-It Ralph because she glitches all over the place and saves him by getting there all super fast. And then they, how does it get So, all the bugs. Oh, she crossed the, yeah, they get rid of the, go ahead. So, all the bugs fall, go to the volcano thing, including the king bug, and they all die. And then, Fix-It Felix fixes the finish line and she goes across and it resets the game and we find out that she's actually the princess, the leader of the game. Right. She's the princess. Okay, great. And they all remember, and then she plays a joke on him, like, anybody who was mean to me is going to be executed, and just joking, I know who I am, jumps out of the princess, becomes the thing, and everybody lives happily ever after. Yeah, and then she wants to change the structure of the government from a monarchy to a democracy. She right. just had to throw that in. All right. Also, uh, she maintained her glitch powers even though it was reset and she was retethered to the code. Right. So I don't understand why that's the case. Me neither. But, all right. So that's, and then Wreck-It Ralph goes back and he still is the villain of his game, but uh, he's like celebrated by the other people. Just as they were about to unplug his game. Then the owner of the arcade's like, oh, Ralph is back. And then everybody wants to play that game because they incorporate all the other misfit characters that lost their games. Right. Like the Island of Misfit Toys. Yeah. We should watch that. Can we watch that this winter? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah, we tried last winter and you hated it, but sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I have no memory of that, so. <laughs> all right. So that was Wreck-It Ralph. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else about that? That it? Yeah. That all? Yeah. Okay. Oh, the cover on it? Yeah. Oh. You don't have any other ones? I think I do. I just can't find them. Why would you have extra ones anyway? Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, it's not because... (laughs) That sounds like, without any context, that sounds like you're like some kind of master (laughs) traffics in (laughs) the iPhone screen covers. I do. So, this is The Lion King versus Wreck-It Ralph. Yes. Starting with animation. Lion King. We kind of talked about it in a thing. There are beautiful, gorgeous scenes. <laughs> beautiful, gorgeous. But then there are some that kind of fall flat. Yeah. Uh, but I want to know, did you feel the same those scenes were flat as I did? Or was it just me saying that and you being biased? 
Um, I don't know. Part of me wondered is if, if it was the version we were watching. Yeah? Yeah. You thought it would pop more if we were watching the nice version the whole way? I was wondering about that. I don't think so. I think it, a lot of it was the framing and the choreography of the visuals for that one song I didn't like very much. Uh-huh. Because like you said, the, the left-right thing, mm-hmm. you know, it just it didn't seem like it was set up in a way that was visually interesting and you know, at all. Yeah, I think in that one they lost a lot of form for function. Like they wanted to make the, all the animals going left and right, and so they sacrificed some of the deeper animation in order to get that yeah. movement with the song. Yeah, could be. But I didn't like when they were all in circles and it was like growing. You remember that image? Yeah. Uh, I didn't like that either. I thought yeah. that was stupid looking. But I did like pretty much everything when it came to Timon and Pumbaa. Yeah. When that all started, pretty much everything after that looked great. And obviously the sta- oh the stampede was yeah. amazing. So I want to put a time lapse video on that. They really are turning red as we sit here today. Oh my gosh. Time lapse. Oh, no, not time lapse. <laughs> uh, what am I saying? Stampede looked great. <laughs> And it was choreographed well, like I said, Mufasa going through there, it was, it just seemed like it was dangerous and, and looked right. Uh, there were some odd story elements that bothered me in that, but visually it didn't, I just liked it a lot. So right. Mowgli or whatever his name is, Simba, <laughs> he just, he's really cute as a you know little baby. Yeah. And, and all the animals look good. And they emoted well, like we talked yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the mouth movements, all mm-hmm. the emo- emotions were good. So, a lot of good animation throughout mm-hmm. that one. And the colors? You like the colors? Mm-hmm. A lot. Yeah? Especially when they're out in the oasis. And the lushness? Yeah. Okay. And then there is Wreck-It Ralph. What do you think about Wreck-It Ralph's animation? I mean, I like that they caught that old school arcade game feel. thought that was well done. I thought but it was that the colors were kind of flat and the candy was expected. And Yeah. And that... I I thought the glitch looked good, mm-hmm. and the Mario stand-in, uh, when he would do his, you know, clean, yeah. fix-it thing, I thought that was nice, along with Wreck-It Ralph's, the people around Wreck-It Ralph, you know, in his building, or yeah. whatever, his neighbors, <laughs> when they moved, they had that special movement, yeah. that was the old video game movement, which was a nice little touch, and then when they were traveling between games, and they had the giant plugins, yeah. I thought that looked really cool, but other than that, and some of the racing looked good. But other than that, I don't know. I I, <laughs> I did like the scene when they were uh, wrecking her car or whatever. Wrecking all her the car? all the little girls, oh, all the other yeah. racers. Yeah. <laughs> doing that. that was awesome. Uh, but other than that, like I didn't much care for all the bug things. No, there wasn't a whole lot to that, and it seemed out of place. You know, it seemed like a sharp contrast to the rest of it. I think that was the point. Fine, but I just didn't like looking at it for that reason. Yeah. What else? Lion King. Okay. Guess what I don't have up? Nope. What are you doing? Are you reaching for your phone? Yeah. Just right to the freaking phone. Uh-huh. I think Lion King. Get your hand off of that. I was holding I it don't to- trust you touching it in any way whatsoever. <laughs> Stop it. You're being <laughs> snotty. I know you're being snotty. So Lion King, I agree. Okay. Wins an animation. So what's the next one? Character. Lion King. I mean, you've got Scar who's an... Oh my through. gosh! Who's a jerk? <laughs> I mean, you've got Scar who's a jerk face all the way through. Uh-huh. And 
Pumbaa and Timon that are just Pumbaa and Timon trying to survive, but they're supporting their friend. And but that's kind of their whole thing is they support each other and their friends. That's yeah their thing. You've got Nala who is just Nala all the way through. Like I'm just gonna be a lion and do lion things. And Rafiki who's just Rafiki all the way through. Simba you know has a he comes back around, but it's the typical outcast. It's a know. very typical story. Yeah. yeah. But that being said, all of the characters are extremely likable. Extremely agreed. That's excessive. Uh, <laughs> I think I like the Yoda ishness of Rafiki. Yeah. That was cool. And I think Mufasa, even though he doesn't do a whole lot, I think he really still gets across character. Yeah. Like he legitimate has a strong character. personality. So I really, I think he's stronger than Simba, who's just kind of bland throughout. Mm hmm. Because, yeah, I mean, Simba's got kind of a, it's like the Superman problem, where they're just good, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Simba has a little bit more because he's he's down on himself. Superman does that, too. But he's, like, uh, worried about get, getting involved in this again, and, and he doesn't think he's good enough, and and that, that sort of stuff. He has a little bit of that. But that's exactly what you have to have. I right. mean, <laughs> it's like, there's nothing the else you can do. Hero. Yeah, the reluctant hero. It's exactly that archetype. Uh, and Timon and Pumbaa, you know, they're friends. They take care of each other. We don't know anything about their backstory. But there's a... We su- do in Lion King 1 and a half. Oh, my gosh. But there's a suggested, implied, long history between them, mm-hmm. which is much appreciated. And like I said, there was that one moment where they said, well, see, I told you he came in handy or whatever when he's an adult now. Right. Which I, really annoys me and I wish they would change but it. can you fault that to character? Yeah, I can fault that to character. No, you cannot. It undermines character. Oh, okay. Because it suggests they don't have a history. Gotcha. Yeah, it pisses me off. Uh, I actually like Nala a lot. Yeah. Uh, I think that there's a little bit more to her in that, you know, while she's getting the... She's really skeptical when she's getting the bath. Uh, she hangs out with Simba and, and stuff, and she's willing to go do this dangerous thing with him. And later she... Like, she always bests him in combat. (laughs) So, there's a little something more to her. And she's a good kind of foil to it. Like... I what the the part that sticks out to me is in the water part where he has just this completely new way of life and right where right. lions like to swim and she <laughs> he pulls her in the water and she is clearly disgusted yeah, by she's it. Yeah, not having it. So uh, yeah, so there's there's some stuff there. I mean, it's not it's not a well-rounded big-time character, but there is more than just a, a simple archetypal character. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that. And like I said, Scar, big disappointment. Even though Jeremy Irons did awesome. Yeah. Big disappointment. And what about Wreck-It Ralph? What kind of characters we have going on there? I mean, you've got Ralph who comes to terms with being a bad guy, but... and He has an arc. His, yeah. Yeah. All yeah. of his friends, quote-unquote, actually become friendly at the end because... But again, it's an outcast. You know, yeah. he's... It's it's done in a slightly different way, but it's it's basic outcast storyline mm-hmm. uh, that he's not accepted, goes out, does something, and then comes back and isn't accepted. Yeah. You know. And what about Fix-It? Fix-It guy doesn't... He doesn't have a personality. No. <laughs> and... And nobody's really just generally generally likable, where you're just like, oh, I really like that character, you know? Yeah, because I feel like the glitch gets too whiny and... Yeah. And she, like, I don't know, there's something about the lost memory thing that kind of undermines a character. Yeah. Because it's just prepackaged in there what their character is. And once it's released, that's just their character, right. you know? And I don't understand why she can still glitch that annoying. She's just Neo from the Matrix, no matter what. But, like, her person, she jokes a bunch. 
when well, she, they like to shoehorn that stuff in, like calling each other names at the end. Like that was yeah, no, and that's the thing. It's it's like that whole. I think we talked about the office at some point, where the thing, the jokes that come out of the office come from the characters yeah. being their characters in different situations, whereas other jokes are just in a vacuum. You know, they're just jokes in the vacuum. Right. And too much of the time, it just felt like jokes in a vacuum. Uh, when it came to this, as opposed to really establishing and, and exploring a character. So, I, I give it a Lion King. Yeah, yeah? me too. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Storyline plot. Lion King. Simple, cliche. It's Oedipal. It's Hamlet. <laughs> it's pretty much uh, as straightforward as you can get. There, The things that they throw in are like Timon and Pumbaa is a different kind of thing. Yeah. Although, usually they would run into... I was going to say, aren't know. Timon and Pumbaa sim- similar to, what are their not names? Um, what? Rosencrantz and Guildenstern? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Somewhat, except Rosencrantz and Guildenstern try to get Hamlet killed. True. Uh, so, and I don't know that Timon and Pumbaa do that. No, they kind of do the opposite. Yeah, so... So it's, I mean, it's a pretty trite setup. You killed my father, and now I'm going to demonstrate that I'm better than my father by killing the thing that killed my father. Yeah. Uh, and taking the throne. I have a special partiality to the remote king thing. What are you doing? Why did you put a lowercase L? So it felt like it. Um, I, but okay. Partiality to the remote, the king that's been, you know, tossed off and has to mm-hmm. come back and reclaim. Uh, it reminds me of Henry the Fourth and Henry the Fifth. Yeah. And so I have some bias towards that. Because I just, I don't know, there's something about being in that space of watching the king grow absentee. Yeah. While the, it's like gladiator too. <laughs> But while the um, the imposter king is is screwing up the kingdom, you know, it's yeah. like uh, I don't know. There's something to that that's just enjoyable to watch. I but I bothered at the end though too. I and I think this has always bothered me. Like just because Simba walks up on the rock, then everything starts to rain and everything comes back to life Magically. just because he's there. Yeah, yeah. That bothered me. But it's a little goofy. It's just a little bit. It's not just a little bit. It's stupid. <laughs> But storyline plot wise, it is really simple and easy to follow, mm-hmm. like, and it's impactful for that reason. That mm-hmm. it's you always know what's going on, you always know what the motivations are, you always know what any character wants and is trying to get. It's it's really clear. Right. It's not. There's no muddled going back and forth. It is straightforward. These are our motivations, and we're going to follow them and act accordingly. Right. And we know where the balance is. You know, what the two sides are at all times for any given character. Wreck-It Ralph, it doesn't seem like it has that kind of a drive. It's just, uh, he's after um, metal, which is standing in for the acceptance of the people that, you know, he originally spends time with. Mm-hmm. And, but when it comes to the way he accomplishes that, uh, he he doesn't do it by earning it or anything mm-hmm. like that. He, he, like, vaguely steals it in that he cheats in the game uh, and doesn't have to go through a whole bunch of stuff to get there, you know. And then there are a whole bunch of serendipitous things along the way and then it shifts to a different character trying to get what she wants. And uh, so it's muddled. Obviously, thematically, the point is he can't he can't just get a medal and get that thing that he's after. Right. So it means something thematically, but it's still, it's muddled. It doesn't, it's not clear and it's not complex in such a way that is like cool. That's like, yeah. uh, this is really complex and, and interesting. It's complex in a way that's. It's just, like two stories in one, like halfway through the movie, the movie's name changed Candy Rush instead of right, Wreck-It Ralph. Right. And so that's, and then, I mean, so much, like I said, so much of the plot just depends exclusively on serendipitous things happening. You know, so much of it depends on that. So, what do you think? Lion King. Yeah? Yeah. 
Is there anything else about Wreck-It Ralph's storyline that you want to talk about? I mean, the fact that it turned into the the guy. Yeah. Who's the guy? Turbo. Turbo, yeah. I mean, I like that. And there were some good plot elements. I know I liked some things in there. Like, I guess the code stuff. You know, her being untethered and how he had untethered her. And when she goes back, she gets retethered or whatever. And yeah. it resets the game. And how there's a, a bait and switch on, on what it does if she wins. Uh, and they set up a lot of the things like the, the bugs they set up and... And the light they set up, and and it was cool that it was the Coke and the mm-hmm. you know Mentos. That's a cool setup. So it's not horrible. No, it's just, it's uh, just muddled. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It wasn't a big driving thing like Lion King. So Lion King, I mm-hmm. agree. Do we really need to even discuss the next one? No, Lion King. Yes. Okay. Because what was the so there's the Rihanna. <laughs> There's the Rihanna song in Wreck-It Ralph, and there's some, like, pop song at the end. Yeah. And that was pretty much it. Yep. And so you don't think those beat the Lion King songs? It's... Can you name a couple of Lion King songs for me so I remember? Or at least kind of vaguely sing them so I know which ones we're talking about. And stop clicking. Okay, okay. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. It's clear circle of from life. Your okay. Palm. Okay. So what's the what's one? Oh, the, the scar one. That's the one I was just singing. What was that one about? Was, be prepared. Okay. Yeah. So there's that one, and then there's. Um, I can I see wait. what's happening. No, I can't wait to be king. What? And they don't have a clue. <laughs> Is that the one right Ooh. after? I can't wait to be king. No. What's in between? Hakuna Matata. Okay. Yeah. What a and wonderful then, phrase. And I can see Akuna what's happening. Matata. I can see what's happening. Is that the last one? Yeah. Okay. And so, then the Elton John circle of life at the very end for the credits. I thought it was, it's not Elton John. I can see what's happening. Crazy stuff. No. Oh, okay. So those are the songs. And they easily beat out Wreck-It Ralph. I'm gonna be a mighty king. Yeah. So last one, memorability. Lion King has permeated probably more than any other Disney movie that we've encountered, right? Or any other Disney movie out there. I mean, it might... If we talk about personal memorability, it might be overcome. But when it comes to just permeating culture, like, has anything else permeated? Frozen? Oh, my God. If Frozen and Lion King fight against each other and they have to go up in that category, I'm going to be super angry and there's no way Frozen's going to win. Yeah. Yeah. I will fight to the death. I will never have a Frozen classroom, so there's that. Yeah. But I just, I mean, the circle of life, the lifting, I've seen a million just memes of him lifting, you know, Simba up on the thing. Yeah. Uh, so many parodies, uh, Hakuna Matata. I mean, there's a Broadway show. There's so much, but there's probably a Frozen Broadway show, right? There probably is. But yeah, there's so many things from Lion King, and I mean, memorability-wise, there's this background structure thing, like an Inside Out for Wreck-It Ralph, that yeah. it's like, ooh, it's what's going on in the background, your game characters, you know? Yeah. But other than that, I don't care. It's stupid, and I don't care. Agreed. Yeah. Yep. So Lion King. Yep. So it's a sweep. Yep. A sweep. After we biasedly <laughs> said in the beginning that there's no way that Wreck-It Ralph was going to win, then it doesn't win? That's crazy. <laughs> All right. All righty. Do you know what's next? Yes. Stop playing with the Finding, Finding Nemo and Dinosaur. That's the next one? Yep. And that's the last one for round the one? last one in round one. Oh my God, it's been like a year of doing this? Right? Has it been? <laughs> I don't know how this thing works. And either. I thought maybe we should orient at the beginning of each one where we are like how many we've we've done and how many we have to go or something i don't know but i don't want to do like that in round two you mean? yeah all right start round two 
I can I can do that. Anyway, so Tiffany's messing with her case. She's not even interested in this anymore. So that is Lion King taking it with a sweep, clear five zero. We had some rough ones leading up to this one, but there it is. Yep. And then we have one more, and that'll be the end of round one. Move on to round two, so it's going to get more competitive. And we'll, and we'll go to Disney World? Yes. Okay. It'll get more competitive. No, we're going to Disney World after the end of the whole thing. <sighs> and that's that. Okay.